listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. Yes, on a day in which we've got some updates to quarterbacks and their health status heading into week two of the NFL preseason and week two of the preseason kicking off tomorrow between the Eagles and the Patriots. What is the Vegas lead here on this Wednesday? We're going to go with a recap of hard knocks and segue into McCarthy's fresh comments today about Dak having a good chance of not playing at all during the preseason. Yeah, it was episode two of Hard Knocks featuring the Dallas Cowboys last night on HBO. And Mike McCarthy earlier today had a conversation about whether or not Dak would be ready to go or whether he'd be playing in the preseason in their next game against the Houston Texans. And McCarthy said, still up in the air, but if he doesn't play in this week's preseason game, he will not play the entire preseason as they get ready for the season opener against Tampa Bay. By the way, a quick correction in the headlines, Nebraska seven-point favorite versus Illinois, but going to the Cowboys, let's do the round table, round the horn. We'll start with AJ. I want to know from watching the show, I don't want to hear, AJ, about what if you were the producer, what you would have done. If you were this player, what you would have said. You don't have to throw out all our pre-show discussions. I want to <laughs> hear what you learned. We try to acquire, accrue knowledge here. What did you learn about the Cowboys? What I've learned is they want to discuss Dak's current health situation as little as possible. Last week there was plenty of talk about the leg and and the the rehab and all that stuff, and which they, is a sign they probably were optimistic about that. I think they were, and the fact that they didn't mention the second MRI and all the things that we talked about this week and last week on this episode makes me think that the Cowboys they're still not comfortable with where he's at. They don't want news getting out about him that's going to make it look like he won't be ready to play. And I think what Mike McCarthy had to say today I mean, kind listen, of backs that up. The Twitter account made that very clear. That's true. Nothing to worry about. No fires here! I, I'm not a big Sherlock Holmes guy, but there's a famous, the dog that did not bark. It strikes me that Colin today right here in FSR said, this was boring. Hard Knocks was boring. Others have said, boring. Well, if you had a thousand fans being able to submit a question to the Cowboys to have Jerry Jones answer, about 800 of them would be about Dak's health right, right now. And the other 200 would be spread amongst a bunch of other questions, like McCarthy's haircut, whatever else, his, his taste in movies, his cursing. But like 80% would care about Dak's health. The fact you do an entire episode with no other clear storylines the dramatic storylines, but you ignore the one conspicuous in its absence. Jonas, before you tell me what your main takeaway was, do you agree that not talking about Dak's health 
was very curious. Yeah, I think uh, the episode twos of Hard Knocks throughout the course of the year of these past few years and it being on has always been the least interesting and it gets least in, less interesting as we go along outside of the cuts and decisions they have to make that are tough ones if they build around certain characters because I think that the Cowboys saw a little bit of the blowback they got for the handling of the injury, the way it was handled in the first episode, and they were going to be very cautious about what they presented to people because they do have final say over the final cut that's shown on HBO. Okay, so a couple of things I want to get into. One, you said the second episode is the most boring except for all the episodes that follow. Well, no, so what I'm saying, saying it just gets more and more boring. <laughs> what I'm saying is, after the first episode, what happens is it seems like they want less and less information getting out there up until the final cuts of players that are on the bubble. And then, then we start to rally around those stories. But I don't think they want to give away as much information as they normally do with the first episode when it drops. Oh, no. Listen, I, I wasn't trying to say you were wrong. I was saying that was quite an indictment of Hard Knocks if the theory is the second one's boring, but it gets more boring. I, I agree with you. In all of these uh, documentary slash reality shows, it's all about the, the, the character, right? Is it, You find out in the first episode or two who's interesting, and then they accentuate it. I, I agree with you there, but if the show doesn't have a lot of natural fodder, or, or topics, and there's one screaming, even if you say a bunch of BS, it seems like that would have been... Like, I could see Jerry Jones saying, yeah, I can see why the fans might be concerned, but I, I don't think there's cause for concern. It's To not mention it at all, to me, was the most weird. And then for today, to McCarthy to say, there's a good chance Dak will not play during the preseason. And it was just recently that... I mean, what, a week ago, he was saying, we expect Dak's on pace, we expect him to play in the preseason. So, it's impossible to say that Dak won't be hurt, his performance, by missing all the preseason games. If that ends up being the case, and we expect it to be, that is a negative. You must downgrade Dallas early, early in the year for that. Maybe that'd be the case if Dak hadn't been injured. But maybe not. Different players are different, right? So, obviously, the Rams don't play their key starters, even with a new quarterback. So, in general, and Jonas, I'll go back to you right away on this one. In general, this feels like bad news for Dallas, even if he is 100% healthy for Game 1. Do you agree? Yeah, and I don't know why they wouldn't want to play him in the final preseason game. That's like I understand. Maybe he's not ready. That's and that's the only thing I can come up with because I understand the idea of well, you know, we don't want to risk him in the final preseason game. We've seen that for years to where it's all about week three, week four of the preseason. Nobody cares about starters don't play because you don't. They've gotten their work in. We don't want to rush them out there into week four and then an injury and have a bye week. They want a bye week too. Exactly. So I if if this is all about psychological that. Dak wants to get back out there. He doesn't want to just be thrown back out there. The last time he saw uh, the field, he was beating his leg against the ground trying to put it back in place. And then we're going to roll him out there for week one against the Bucks. If this is all psychological and he at least wants to get his feet wet, no pun intended, and wants to get out there in a preseason game before the season, who cares if it's week four? You've got enough time before the but game it, starts. But it really isn't week four, right? Even though it would be the Cowboys' fourth game, it would be Dak. Dak's first, and it would be, it, but it would be week three. 
effectively, right? Yes. For the rest of the league, which is when, I mean, AJ, I haven't looked at every team, but what does it seem like? Maybe, Mackenzie, you've got this, or Jonas, whoever's got it. Most of the teams are, it seems like week three, the final preseason game is going to be their dress rehearsal. Is, is that how you're seeing it with most teams? I, I don't know that there will be a dress rehearsal this season, the way that there's been in the past. In the past, week three has been the most like a regular yeah, season they, game. Usually they have the starters play at least through halftime. They want them to have one time that they cool down and then come back in the third. Outside of Kansas City and what Andy Reid said today, that his starters are playing the full first half, I haven't heard anyone commit to saying this is the way we're going to do it this preseason. I think there's less teams who are going to do it. And Andy Reid, it was for this week. For this week, because there's two, you know, there's two questions. So uh, Mike Zimmer, it flashes on the screen, will treat week two this week as the dress rehearsal. So that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Week three in a four-week preseason was two weeks before the start of the game. The fourth preseason game, Jonas, absolutely correct, was a time for the cut guys to play. It was like the least like a regular season game because the starters wanted a bye. They wanted a dress rehearsal. This week, too, is three weeks before the start of the season. Why do your dress rehearsal and have two byes and you're doing your dress rehearsal so much earlier than you typically, or a week earlier than you would anyway. So you're doing it earlier in your camp process, and you have a multiple week by after. I mean, obviously Andy Reid knows his team, but the fact we only got two of these comments, it looks like, means most are probably going to use week three as a dress rehearsal, the final preseason game. Which Jonas would play right into the idea that's the perfect time for Dak to play a game. Yeah, and I've actually heard that more that the feeling around the league is that this week will be treated by a lot of teams as the dress rehearsal. The teams are going to look as mm. this as because you know you get the one extra, uh, uh, you get the one less um, um, you know preseason game, so they're going to look at this and say, well, we don't want to risk injury that final week. But to me, that just makes me wonder, all right, so those are the teams, if they're playing all their starters this upcoming weekend, those are the teams that I look at as maybe being not just the Cowboys up against it the worst to start out the year. We talked about the Ravens a couple of years ago in the playoffs. They ended up, because they rested their starters and had a bye, their starters didn't play for three weeks, and they mm-hmm. came out and got blowtorched by Tennessee, and that game wasn't close. And I just wonder if that same thing is going to happen this year, not just with the Cowboys, but with a bunch of other teams that decided to to take the final week of the preseason off, thus giving their guys three weeks before the regular season opener. To me, if you're going to have your starters play one game, the idea that the last preseason game, I don't see how that's important. Rather, if they're going to play one game extensive time, you'd want it to be two weeks before the season. That's what history tells us. Yeah. Why they would do that differently, any team now, I don't know. To finish that point, Mackenzie, what have you heard about who's dress rehearsal, who's not? What's the, Jonas is saying he's hearing more this week. What are you feeling? Well, Bears beat reporter Brad Biggs was talking to Matt Nagy, and he says next week, week three, not this week, will be his dress rehearsal. So it really seems to be a case-to-case basis. Yeah, so obviously with the odds, and we're going to go over those tomorrow, there's one game, Patriots-Eagles, Patriots favored by one and a half. Another factor, just to keep it out there, a lot of these teams are going down to the venue site or the city and having multiple combined practices. That will likely affect these games. They're going to be more familiar with each other. Maybe unders. We'll talk about that. We are straight out of Vegas. Final point, at least on Dak. Regardless of why he's not playing, it hurts the Cowboys. It hurts Dak in week one. He needs time. 
the fact that they they know that. They said it. When, it, when they thought they were kicking the can down the road, they said, he'll play in the preseason. Don't worry. You relax. Don't worry. Nothing to worry here. Now, he's not. looks like he's not going to. If you choose to take a negative, you have no choice. right? If they could play Dak, they would, right? So, it strikes me, AJ, that this is a sign that he can't play. It's not a choice. It's not, you know, we're not going to risk it. If he could play, and you know him not playing hurts his chance in week one on national TV against the world champion Tampa Bay Bucks. why wouldn't you play? Every game you play, you could get hurt in. So the fact he was planning on playing in the preseason meant they were fine with that. But now with his new injury, they're not. He either can't play or it's an injury that makes him very fragile. So he's okay, but if he gets hit once, it could be, oh, this is a bad sign. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I mean, I think they wanted they went into this preseason hoping that they could get him some time. This has made it where oh, now we're iffy because if he goes out well, they there, they went into this do- preseason intending him to play, not hoping he could get time. Well, the, once he got hurt, yeah. Now that this has happened, they don't want to take any chance because they think maybe something that would seem innocuous in a normal preseason game could put him out for an extended amount of time. And if you're ta- if you're if you're that fragile going into the season, you can't tell me he's going to be 100% week one. It's, it's impossible. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audience has doubled in the last year plus. That's because of your support, spreading the word. Keep it up, and we'll keep delivering profitable epiphany bets and others. And I'll keep you off of AJ's best bets that aren't going to be <laughs> any good. Because you can, I can tell he's got some real in college football. By the way, number one handicapper at pregame.com last year. He's really strong in the colleges. Not as good as me in the NFL, but really strong. And we're going to be talking Nebraska and Scott Frost allegations. Good stuff. Great day to join. You can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just search straight out of Vegas here in Vegas on the Strip. 99 degrees, though no problems. The neon is flowing. So, RJ, we've been talking about the news out of Dallas in which Mike McCarthy says that if Dak Prescott doesn't play in this upcoming preseason game against the Texans this weekend, he most likely will not play in the preseason at all, which means the next time we'll see Dak under center for the Cowboys will be week one against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the road on Thursday night in the NFL debut. And right now on pregame.com, it's Tampa Bay, a six and a half point favorite. Yeah, so to me, there's six and a halves out there. There's more sevens. I am going to make an epiphany best bet on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll lay the seven. If you can get to six and a half, all the better. Half points matter, especially key numbers like this. But the fact of the matter is, the line isn't moving. So here's my question. What is the chance, A.J. Hoffman, that Dak Prescott doesn't play week one. I 20, mean, 20%. You think 20? I think that's probably high, but let's assume it's somewhere between 10 and 20. Now, how much is Dak worth if he doesn't play? Who's the second stringer now? Is it Dominic? Well, it's, it's Garrett Gilbert is the guy getting the start this week. Okay. So Garrett Gilbert, Cooper Rush, one of these guys. But whoever it is, they're five, six-point drop-off, I'm sure. I think Brad Gilbert and Dominic Danucci were a tag team. <laughs> I, I mean, their sons being on this. This is weird. But I'd say a seven-point adjustment. 
I mean, Dak isn't six points better than a typical backup, but these are bad backups. Mackenzie, would you agree about seven? Yeah, I'm just looking at Fez's sheet. Six and a half, very close. Yeah, so Fez is off by half, so we're going to say seven <laughs> in that one. Now, what's the athletic Mike Sando say? <laughs> I'll, I'll check. <laughs> that's a good point. So, <laughs> uh, that's AJ Hoffman. So, now here's the question. If there's a 20% chance that, or let's say a 10% chance that Dak's not going to play, and he's worth seven points, him him playing, that means it's 0.7 points, so almost a point. At minimum, we got that. Even if he plays, if he's 100%, there's a chance he doesn't play. But we just decided that it's a sure thing that he's going to be hindered. Now, what are the ways that he could be hindered? Lack of practice. That has to mean something. Lack of games. That has to mean something, especially off the injury. Lack of general health. Maybe he's 92% and he plays, but he's not 100%. So if you add up the chance he doesn't play, with he's going to be hindered if he does, Dak. How hindered? Lack of practice, lack of game time, off the big injury, both of them. And also, maybe he's not 100%, but he plays. All that's worth something. And the fact is, the line hasn't moved. Now, it was six and a half early, 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 and I like it a lot better at six and a half. But even here, this is one of those called free roll bets. If he plays and he's 90%, that's probably the best you could hope for, then we probably got a 50-50 coin flip. Everything else that happens, worse than that for Dak, it's a good bet. And you know what? If he doesn't play, it's a gigantically good bet. Because this line would go up to 13 and a half or 14. I think the lack of practice, like you mentioned, is one thing. But one thing about him sitting out all preseason, and the reason why those starters always played week three and it was like a real dress rehearsal was so you could see game game speed, NFL yes. speed. He will Especially have not when you're on a new, a new leg. He will have a new leg and now apparently a new shoulder, and he's seeing game speed action, NFL game speed for the first time since week five of last year. You There's know no I'm way. changing. I'm changing my bet. <laughs> I'm going. We're going to go with Tampa in the first half because to whatever oh to whatever effect this is going to be, it's going to be more prominent in the first half. Mackenzie, what are we seeing in the first half? <laughs> One second, let me grab that. All right, let's get the <laughs> a change in bets. We're going first half. I'm assuming it's three and a half. Yes, there's three and a half. <laughs> All right, three and a half minus one ten. Yes. All right. That is the best bat. <laughs> what do you think, Jonas? Well, I, first, I just like that we're playing the uh, Hall of Fame music as we're making these picks because I think I think that's the music they play when they unveil his bust. So when they when they when they see Dion's do rag, they take off the uh, bust. And that, that's the music they play. Um, no, I I like it. See, I just I look at it as this, and and we've talked about it. But if you had a plan going into the preseason. Whatever impeded with that plan and yep. made you change it is noteworthy. And so the fact yes. that they had a plan, Mike McCarthy had a plan. He said it out loud. Dak Prescott had a plan. He said it out loud. And it was, we want him to get some reps before the season opener. And now he's not going to. That, to me, is a huge deal. Like, that that's a big deal. And I do think I, – I, I believe he's going to play week one. I'm with AJ. I think it's probably about 20%. But the fact that we're even at that point, coming off what he dealt with a year ago, I think is really problematic. If it's 20%, our bet's gold because one out of five times, you're going to be looking at, like, uh, not a sure thing, but you're going to be laying – 
a short number when it's going to be much, much higher now that we're in the first half. So it is official. First half. <laughs> we're going with Tampa Bay minus three and a half. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it, Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. So what do you, Jonas, and just to reset, is my theory is that when you are a bad team, Eagles bad team, Houston bad team, and you don't have a quarterback, that by having an opportunity in a given year to find out, yes, no, is this guy a franchise quarterback, is the most valuable commodity in the NFL, because you can only really find out with one guy a year because of all the practice time, you got to build an offense around him. That's what the Eagles are doing. At the end of this year, they will know... Hurts is an underdog to be a franchise guy, but there's a chance greater than zero, and they're going to know it. Houston taking Mills in the third round feels like them saying, we want to have a lottery ticket because we only get to check if it won once a year. And to let that go wasted doesn't make much sense. Jonas, do you generally agree with me or AJ? Yeah, if the coach isn't on the hot seat, I think that's I think that's also a key element because if a coach is on the hot seat, you know, he may not either want to start a young guy or he could also go the opposite and want to start a young quarterback just to show that I you know, although we were not very good this year, I believe I can be the guy to steer him towards the future. In this case, when it comes to Houston, I don't know how to feel about David Culley because I don't know whether or not he's a one-and-done guy like we saw with Steve Wilkes in Arizona a couple of years ago or if there's a true commitment to him because it felt like a lot of other candidates were not available to them, and so they kind of went with David Culley, which is a surprising hire. So, AJ, you're from Houston. You were in that market for a long time. I know you do imitations of Culley. We don't (laughs) do imitations on the show. Okay. But – in general, I know your impression isn't favorable. What is it more specifically? I think that he is a, a stopgap hire. He's a placeholder until this team gets talented enough to interest a real coaching candidate. And they didn't have real coaching candidates who were interested in taking it. It's a risky move to take this Do we job. Know who else offered? The, who they offered the job? A- Eric Bieniemy was the name that that was pushed out there the most. And Eric Bieniemy said, oh, "I'd rather wait around, hang out another year in Kansas City, and let my stock keep going up than." take my first head coaching job at this place, which is going to be a very difficult spot to win. How much of the difficulty of winning in Houston is about the lack of talent, and how much of it is about the organization and the ownership in general? Because you look at Miami, Miami had the worst team in the in the league, and uh, a good coach took that job. Usually, Jimmy Johnson took the Cowboys job. To get in on the ground floor and be able to rebuild is an opportunity. The difference was Miami had a ton of draft capital. They had a way to rebuild it. The Texans had traded away all their draft capital, so there was no way to rebuild mm. it quickly. So they were both uh, <laughs> bad and didn't have a lot of picks. Exactly. A.J. Hoffman delivering right there. Why don't you stick to what you know? <laughs> He knows Houston, baby. I am straight out of Vegas. Okay. 
So you agree with me, though, about, I mean, you've kind of seen the area no. your way. You don't. What's the best case scenario? I mean, if Davis Mills goes out and wins six games this year, is that no, good no, no, or bad no, no. for the Texans? Hold on a second. This isn't about how many games the Texans win. It's about finding out if Mills is an elite quarterback. How good would you have to see him play for you to not take a quarterback with your first pick next year? Uh, as good enough that I thought within a year or two he could be a top 12 quarterback. So he'd have to be Justin Herbert. Yeah, or, I mean, that's an interesting question. Is um, Herbert, for sure, yeah, would be. I mean, yeah, I'm not taking a quarterback if I'm the Chargers. But I think you could be a level below. I don't think Tua, but, um, you know, uh, that's an interesting conversation. Uh, Kyler Murray, to me, would be. A lot of people are higher on Murray. Murray, to me, is a guy I would have to see something this year or I'd be looking to move off him. Now, I know a lot of people think that's crazy. I just don't think that Kyler Murray from last year can win you a Super Bowl. So you better see a trend line. We're straight out of Vegas. Let's jump to Nebraska and Scott Frost, Jones. Yeah, and there's some conversations in college football, another investigation here. Uh, according to uh, this, uh, the NCAA looking into the Nebraska football program, there's a report that they uh, used analysts, that they set aside practices and some activities last year during the pandemic, uh, and that Scott, Far- Scott Frost, the head coach, is at the center of all this. So would you say the general accusations are they were trying too hard to win? Yeah, basically. And, but not we, like yeah. it, it's similar to the Arizona State situation where Arizona State was accused of bringing in recruits and doing a lot of things during the pandemic. This feels like it's more about when they did it and the fact that there was a pandemic going on as opposed to the actual crimes, I guess if you want to term it that, that themselves. If I'm a fan of Nebraska, I'm happy. I don't want them to be in trouble. I'm saying that's I, to me I like Scott Frost more if I'm a fan of Nebraska. What do you think, AJ? I think Scott Frost is 0 and 8 against teams that have finished in the top 25, and <laughs> 3 and 14 against teams finishing over over 500. If I'm a Nebraska fan, I'm hoping this probably ends the Scott Frost era, and we can find another coach. Well, I tell you, is what, what Scott Frost did at Central Florida to me is a, I don't think you can do that without having some coaching talent. This might be more about Nebraska not being a viable top 25 program anymore. Charlie Strong did great things at South Florida, then went to Texas and failed. I mean, it happens. There's there's a certain level where you jump up from that level yeah, to... Yeah, but, but going to Texas is now you have to compete with Nick Saban. Here at Nebraska, that's that's not the case anymore. You just want to make a bowl game three out of four years. Right, and he is against Scott Frost against the spread, thirteen and eighteen, one push, forty-one percent. So not good. By the way, Nebraska seven-point favorite against Illinois. Illinois, the underdog, is being bat, bat, and bat. The sevens are disappearing. So if you like Illinois, grab the touchdown right now. Straight out of Vegas. 